This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, the bomb has been dropped, so to speak. Good luck to anyone running for president that thinks that you know, there's a different strategy that thinks they're going to get um, any type of oxygen or coverage on their campaign. In light of what is happening right now with the Republican frontrunner, and we're talking about President Trump and now the latest. Now, I believe um, those that are in the Trump camp are just going to dismiss this much like they've dismissed all the other charges. I will just warn you that I believe this is very dangerous um, for the president simply because of the fact that there are so many people that are indicted here. Some I'm glad, actually. Uh, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, Giuliani. But this um, was pretty remarkable last night. Let's pick up some of the coverage. You, the indictment returned here is expansive and encompassing. It charges 19 people with 41 counts, and it puts Donald Trump at the top of what prosecutors call a criminal enterprise. This morning, criminal case number four, the state of Georgia versus Donald John Trump. The indictment alleges that rather than abide, abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges, the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis charging Trump and 18 others, including some of his closest allies, with racketeering, calling them a criminal organization that knowingly and willfully joined a conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. The grand jury handed up the charges after dark. The indictment delivered to the clerk at 8.54 p.m., nearly 12 hours after prosecutors began presenting their case. Minutes later, it was handed to the judge for inspection. Everything went as it should have in front of the grand jury. Trump is charged with 13 counts in a sweeping and detailed indictment that cites acts in Georgia and beyond. In addition to racketeering, he's charged with soliciting a public officer to violate his oath, conspiring to commit forgery, and conspiring to file false documents. Before the vote, the grand jury heard testimony from several witnesses. Georgia's former Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan says he was one of them. There's been a lot of misinformation for a number of years, and this is our opportunity to get the real story out. Uh, my hope is that Americans believe us. My hope is that Republicans believe us. Uh, that this election was fair and legal. The indictment says Trump made multiple calls to Georgia Republicans, including a leading state senator, the governor, the state attorney general, and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, whose phone call with Trump prompted the two-and-a-half-year investigation. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. On that call, Raffensperger pushing back against Trump's claims. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. Also charged, Rudy Giuliani, who peddled falsehoods about the vote to the Georgia legislature. Ruby Freeman and Shay Freeman Moss and one other gentleman, quite obviously, surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they are vials of heroin or cocaine. Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss told the January 6th committee Giuliani's bogus claims forced them into hiding. There is nowhere I feel safe. Nowhere. Do you know how it feels to have the president of the United States to target you? The indictment also naming Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who traveled to Georgia allegedly seeking access to an audit of the vote that was not open to the public. And Jeffrey Clark, a former Justice Department official who allegedly sought permission to convey false information about the election to Georgia officials. Trump has denied all wrongdoing 
And overnight, the Trump campaign releasing a statement saying, in part, they are taking away President Trump's First Amendment right to free speech. The, the district attorney has given all 19 defendants until noontime a week from Friday to surrender. Otherwise, George, she will seek to have them all arrested. George. And Aaron, it seemed like such a tense and somewhat chaotic situation down there. It, it seemed that way, but really the atmosphere is, is almost calm. A lot of anticipation, but no sign of protesters. Still, the DA did express concern about security. The former president on social media attacked the prosecutor and attacked some of the witnesses, so they wanted to get this done. And now the DA says she's going to be pushing for a trial for all 19 defendants within six months. Not one protester. Not one protester. Which, again, I have said that was all false. They were putting up barriers around the courthouse and not, not one protester. Folks, January 6th happened because you have 500 people that were a little rowdy and out of control, but behind them were over 50,000 people, or maybe even higher, 60,000, 75,000. So if you remove that, like I've said, it, this is the upper, you know, you really don't see it anymore at Patriot Games. You really don't even see it anymore at the bleachers at Fenway. But it's, it's the old way that people would sometimes would act uh, if they were at a Philadelphia Eagles football game. Sometimes maybe a little bit still with the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia. But the old uh, Foxborough Stadium, Schaefer Stadium, it, it's the way that they would allow the the raucous behavior, the you know the old bleachers at Fenway, but you certainly don't have that at Patriots games. They revoke your season tickets if you behave that way at a Patriots game. And the Red Sox have become very family friendly. My point is, take away the thousands of people that were there January sixth, and like I've said, I just don't believe you know that's what gave these individuals cover. You're not going to get. 300 people that just show up there and start acting that way it's because it became the mob mentality now i want also um this i don't know what to i mean let's just hear some of the reports Look, in the short term, these indictments have had little impact on Trump's campaign as the front runner. But in the long term, campaigning will only be more challenging for the former president. So take a look at this. Trump is now facing roughly half of a dozen trials in four different states, all while running for president. This is just the legal calendar as it stands now. Let's add in the political calendar, and this now sets the stage for an unprecedented election cycle. Prosecutors in Georgia put Trump on notice. He must surrender by August 25th. That's just two days after the first Republican debate. His trial in the January 6th case could begin as early as January 2nd. That's two weeks before the Iowa caucuses. And it continues. Just a few weeks after Super Tuesday in March, a criminal trial in New York over alleged hush money payments, and in May, the start of a federal criminal trial and the classified documents case. And of course, prosecutors in Georgia, you heard it from Aaron, they want that trial to begin in the next six months. So the bottom line here, Trump will fight to delay all of this, but it is very likely he could be spending more time in the courtroom than campaigning. Well, but it's, <clears throat> I would argue it's almost the same because he's still getting his message out and he's still getting... Uh, visibility. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401 885 4209 in Massachusetts, 508 252 3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401 885 4209. Three generations, they're available 24 7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com, and then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations Heating and cooling, you can always depend on Propane Plus. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11 a.m. We go till 2 p.m. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. However, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. 
Joining us right now, one of my siblings, independent columnist, opinion maker, speak to her quite a bit. It's Donna Perry. And DJ, let's start off remembering someone who, uh, you know, at one time, I mean, he, he was a very entertaining guy, young by today's standards, my goodness, 74, but the passing of one-time congressional candidate, and then he was the head of the Republican Party of Rhode Island, but very sad news to learn the passing of John Holmes. Yes, and uh, good to be with you, John. Um, yeah, I feel um, it's it just, you, you feel very sad. Um, John Holmes really made his mark. He was kind of a larger-than-life uh, figure on the political stage of Rhode Island, um, you know, really certainly um, starting in the 80s. You're right, you know, you feel uh, very sad. He's not, not that advanced in age, so... Um, I, I do feel sad to see that. And I just want to, you know, give some credit as you have been um, the era he was in, John, one thing I thought, and I know this will live on as a legacy of his, he really showed that, you know, politically the guy was almost ahead of his time in a couple of ways. Um, he showed, and I hope the state GOP can maybe understand this a little bit, that a smaller opposition party, can find success. Now you can yeah. say, well, it's a different era, but John, he did do it with very good candidates to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, and you do have to go back to that era. I'm sure it's hard for people to, you know, imagine now, but at one time, uh, and then I was connected to the Republican Ron Makeley when he came in, there yeah. was a time when the Republicans for Rhode Island held three of the four seats of the congressional delegation. That's right. Um, you know, you had Claudine Schneider was yeah. in the House. You had the late Senator John Chafee, who was a who was, you know, very different from when Good his son point. came along. Great senator. And then Makeley came in and and let's give you know, Makeley knocked off a giant, Fred St. Yeah. Germain. All of that was in the John Holmes era. Um, mm. you know, you just had Pell in so it is remarkable um, that and people should remember it again of yes, you know, different era, but John politics, is it or isn't really different? You know, I mean, look right. at all that we've seen in recent years, good candidates to begin with. Yeah. I mean, and statewide, I just want to say that. I mean, he really saw that and he was a great chairman in this way. He wanted his, I, I do recall some of that. I was doing local news and he he wanted his people to be the star. He mm. was not, but he himself knew at an earlier time, he really worked the media. Like he wasn't invisible. He was actually right. very, very, very visible, by the way. He was, yes. So, yeah. And Donna Perry, he also, I mean, he had a chance. He had, he met with Reagan. And yes. And then when you think that uh, Governor Dupreet and President Bush came to Governor Priest right. in Western in Cranston on, you know, I mean, there was they're playing Pac-Man. I mean, John right. Holmes was right. right there for some big names. He had some great CNC stories because CNC had been a Republican initially, you know, when he ran and was the mayor of Providence. So, right. But another thing, you also see the changing dynamic of the state. Barrington was a Republican town. East Greenwich was a Republican. Yes. Town. Both towns have now been overtaken by progressives. And, yeah. um, and yeah. you're right, Donna Perry. But he was... You know, he was quick witted. Uh, people credit he could get a, you know, work across the aisle. But I think it also showed, you know, personality went a, a good way. He could certainly exactly. handle himself. But yep. that's a very good point. Three of the four representatives in Washington was were Republicans at the time. The Which, age. right. The Republican and, governor. And John, by the way, so three of the four of the major statewide slate. Remember yes. Susan Farmer, Nancy yes. Mayer? Oh, and that was right. in Dupreet's era. Only Richard Leach was the like lone lieutenant governor who, you right. know, was was ambitious at the time. So uh, I think a couple of things that he was ahead of his time, but he also showed and you just don't see this um, in, you know, in a lot of these state party chairs, John, he you have to want to be in the game and mess yeah. it up. You know, John, sure. he had personality. He had humor. Yeah. Which I find, you know, he had that sophistication. He was living and he was breathing it. He did not, uh, was not afraid, as you say, of those larger stages and had sort of the polish to, you know, cozy up to Reagan's sure. White House. I mean, that, you know, a lot of 
people, they just don't understand the game. Like, you, you know, you can't be afraid to be that way. Um, you know, whether going to restaurants and being seen and being out there, don't be afraid to, you know, plan a story again. I know, you know, the internet age changes the dynamic, but you know, people are people and they like someone who is, um, interesting and has a personality. And I just think a lot of that, like, I want to just say that I think he had quite a remarkable legacy he showed it can be done rhode island was a very democratic state for many decades prior and you know what i mean but he he like put some real good people forward you have to cultivate that mm. yeah. you know what else one last note on uh, folks the passing of former chair of the rhode island republican party john holmes who by the way he, he was part of this at the Aurora Club on Broadway, he'd go once a week and they had a luncheon and all different people would kind sure. of look forward to it. And uh, and our friend, David Caprio, he, he had lunch with them that last Monday. And then oh, he went home wow. and then yeah. passed away in his sleep on, on Tuesday or Wednesday. So, um, or maybe it's on Tuesdays, whatever it is. But it was just last week that he seemed to be in good health and, you know, kind of bouncing around. But what I wanted to mention, Donna Perry, was I think you could also make the argument in 86 – he definitely ran a formidable campaign against St. Germain. And in some ways, I think you could certainly make the argument he kind of softened up St. Germain a little bit for, of course, that Absolutely. 1988 win yeah. by then your boss, Ron Makeley. Yeah, and I, I did want to add that. I mean, he really did begin the loosening of the grip of a, yeah. a St. Germain, who in his time was considered, and you know, and then it was quite a crooked oh, story, but yeah. he was considered a giant you couldn't knock off. Right. So, you know, like you, you have to, the old expression, John, if you want it, you have to take it to them. You, you right. can't hide behind timid press releases. You know, you, yeah. you have to state it what it is. Uh, make news. I think he was understanding that long before, you know, the era we're in. Like, you you know, you want to make news, you know? Yes. Yeah, they don't clearly understand that. And and I'm not going to ask you to comment on it, but these are my words. But the, the current endorsed Republican for CD1, his name is Jerry Leonard or Gary Leonard, one of the two, but he, he didn't invite the press to his press announcement, which I yeah. I, I'll speak for you. I think it's a mistake. But then on top of that, when he did have a briefing Friday because Jane Fonda's offered an endorsement in the race, he took four questions, wouldn't really comment on anything else, and then walked away. I mean, that's – they're not going to – he had four reporters there. They're not going to chase you down the street no, on there's a Friday a lost, at 3 o'clock. That's a lost so, opportunity. It is. Um, yeah. It's just not knowing how to do the game at all. Right. Yeah, let alone a Friday at 3 o'clock. Right, let alone. Don't you want to in, wait till Monday to do that? In so, August. <laughs> in August, before yeah. a three-day weekend, as a matter That's of right, so, right. Uh, folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, and Stana Perry. Well, DJ, Massachusetts Governor Maura Healy, um, boy, that was quite the press announcement. It's an emergency. This whole business of migrants coming in and didn't seem to be a problem when they were just coming over the border, but suddenly... You know, there she is saying it's an emergency situation in Massachusetts and also kind of trying to lump it all in 
with is homeless problem and unhoused and the uh, migrants, as they call them. And that was, I think, even extraordinary if families you want to take in a family, if you have yep. an extra bedroom or a suite. Um, I don't know if Governor Baker would have done that. I, I do find it. And Bill Maher, to his credit, said, you know, whether it's the mayor of New York or the governor of Massachusetts or the mayor of Chicago, boy, they never had a problem as long as it was down at the border with the border states. But suddenly they're, you know, screaming up and down when it's right in their backyard. Well, look, you're right. And and this is under this right to shelter law. I, I think Healy is now going to walk into some problems with this because, yeah. um, you know, again, this is adopting an ideology uh, when it hits the concrete wall of the reality, John. I mean, um, the number of migrants who are now, by the way, and this is coming from people who run the traditional shelters. Um, I, they quoted someone and said it used to be 5%. It's now like 30%. Yeah. So, so now you have this trickle effect and this is, should go right to Healy's, you know, this is her making of this. And again, I, you know, so mass Republicans need to be jumping on this and they are, but like this idea that you're encouraging people, John, to bring in people. These are unknown to you. They are not yeah. vetted. You don't no. know. Uh, are they related to criminals or, or what, you know, who is who? I'm sorry. And and then you are, you do see a lot of random, you know, just crime or if it's uh, problems on the highway and someone who, John, who might have been here for three days and, and are they driving a car and they not? Right. I mean, it just leads to all kinds of problems and so. you know and so again they are swelling up the traditional shelters and massachusetts by the way boston this was just not has not been resolved um at all it, it's this area of the city they call it mass and cast it's it yeah um that's that corner it you could compare that to many other cities john they have a mini tent city problem and it's yep. an open air drug market. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of problem for Michelle Wu. It's falling on her. How and she's saying, you know, we're going to get it cleaned up. Well, they've been saying that they thought they had it. Um, they cracked down. She allowed the Boston Police Department to go in. They pulled a side. They pulled all those tents out of there. Yep. Well, now it's like all back because, yeah. to be fair to Wu, if your governor doesn't have your back in a way right. and and they're just if you're creating this atmosphere um so i i am not sure that this is going to lead to anything good i i know law enforcement does not like it you're and i i do i think it's almost irresponsible to encourage people who may have a sympathetic ideology john and they think oh i'm helping you know uh, a poor uh, central american well, they, woman and a child and you exactly in they house. always want to frame it as a family and then four young right. guys in their 20s show up donna perry it's also affected last week wbz they, they they felt and even said it wasn't safe to send a reporter in they were covering mass cast from their copter above it right. they said it wasn't safe to it's not in. that's pretty dramatic it's not safe at all. Right. And um, and again, with that atmosphere, obviously the bulk of people who are going to come in, they're crowding into Boston. They want the services. You have a swollen uh, system anyway with DCF in the state. Um, and to be fair, you may have a Massachusetts-based, you know, very struggling woman and her children okay sure. and they're in dcf you see this in in rhode island in providence john they deserve they are in a plight they might have yeah. a, you know a vicious uh, you know a violent husband or whatever is the situation and these are the women who end up in those shelters at night well now they're barely able to fit in there right if at all so, so yes. you have migrants uh, i just think it's um a hornet's nest for healy and it's yeah. it, she has to own the, the issue um, and you've seen this around the country. I, I think it's just very bad policy. None of this is solving these massive migration issues we see at the border. I mean, speaking of around the country, uh, Donna Perry, I sent you the story. The L.A. Times actually floated out that they came up with what they think is a solution. And that is that Diane yeah. Feinstein steps down and Kamala Harris, the vice president, I know. slides back into her slot. Um, 47 percent of Democrats do not want President Biden to run for reelection. And I think the real game changer here is the the and it's real because everyone's covering it. But the real legal problems for his son, 
Hunter Biden. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the the Biden Harris ticket for right now. Right. It remains for 24. Well, obviously they don't, you know, want to concede that, but John, she just is not, it, it is not working out. That's no. probably an understatement the way they envision. She is not personally popular, not only with the public, she, she appears to be very unpopular within national democratic circles. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, he did pick her. Uh, and I think they made a case at the time. Remember, there was a lot of people were saying, well, if you, you know, a woman of color, it's her time. There was the Karen Bass um, right. option who ended up becoming the mayor of L.A. And she was more maybe just more popular. Um, you know, I think it ended up being Harris is kind of a mistake, John. And uh, there's no yeah. other way to say it. She's not popular. And let's be honest, his personal polls are not good. He is not personally popular. Biden. No. No. So the ticket is kind of a mess. And I do want to just mention, look, this situation with Feinstein is just it, it's just untenable. I mean, you know, look, a lot has happened to her. Yes, she was once wow. an icon, John, but they're wheeling around. Let's face it, a woman who really in any other belongs in a nursing home. She does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is not even a question. Um, and then you're, you know, we're hearing on open mics and aides and other center whispering, you know, just vote. Yay. There's no idea. She's like looking at scribbly pieces of paper. Um, I mean, this is, you know, she's really would be, it's incapacitated person and to be still serving in the Senate. Um, I just think those are two very large issues for the party. And, Mm. and as far as we can tell, Feinstein's side is saying, can we imagine this, that she's going to serve through 2024? Oh, that's not happening. I don't, she doesn't seem like she can make it till, no, till it's, Christmas and New Year's. Right. So, folks, quick break. So. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie that historic white church shop local inside all quality products vitamins herbal remedies trusted companies they understand quality integrity it's my health it's all about your health local products i say honey maple syrup beef fresh gum you know they carry over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas hemp and cbd products and much more natural skincare products stop it and see marie at It's My Health, 1099, Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie. And It's My Health, 1099, Menden Road in Cumberland diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health at It's My Health. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. DJ, my question on the Republican side, do we have a race? Uh, Everyone's wanted to have a race. They call it a scandal election between Hunter Biden and then President Trump now waiting for fourth indictment. Despite his legal troubles, it is wiping out and blocking out really anyone that's attempting to try to get any type of momentum going. And I just wonder, you know, at at some point, maybe the media wants a race. But when he's sitting there with almost 53 percent and DeSantis is is much distant, 20 20 percent and Chris Christie and Pence and Nikki Haley are all in the low single digits. My question to you is, do we do we even have a race right now? Well, you're right. Like, it would appear barely. I mean, um, it, when you, you know, and there was a lot of coverage from the weekend, and, and he clearly stole the show in yeah. Iowa. I mean, you just know other way to say that. Um, and then there was some open heckling of DeSantis, although that can come from Trump's, you know, his minions and his side and people encouraging that. Um you know, DeSantis has a real problem as long as Trump is just he's dwarfing all the other ones. Right. Um, so when you break it down that you can't deny the energy on the ground, or at least yeah. in Iowa, which is a very, very conservative state, the energy on the ground is around Trump. They are the ones who are coming out. Um, he was like a rock star reception from all the coverage that, you know, we're both reading 
Um, so then you break it down, John, and say, okay, is it 2016 again? The base is for Trump. The establishment looks like for the other guy because all the major Republican senators, Joni Ernst, et cetera, they were all, you know, walking and running around with DeSantis. So you, you do go back and think, okay, is that a Jeb Bush, but Trump That's kind right. of a good point, you know, setup. I, I would just say this, though, but it's not 2016. I mean, right. he ended up winning. He's been in the White House. He is facing, um, you know, people can try to diminish it, serious federal indictments. And I would just say this. The dynamic really isn't the same. Um, and I've said this for now almost a year. I think it just shows a very deep dilemma for the party. Right. Um, anyway, you really twist it around, in my view. Um, the Republicans will not regain the White House if it's with Trump. I, mm. I just, you know, I think there's just way too many dynamics, legal dynamics. Um, I don't know. And his ego, I mean, you know, he could be the kind of guy that he's going to try to take it to the one yard line. And then does he cut a deal? And then he's off, <laughs> the, sure. you know, at the end and he doesn't become president, but he also doesn't face uh, maybe consequences of federal prison. I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, but I don't trust that he is not capable of that. But people in if, the party don't want to see that. If you were to get a phone call, Donna Perry, from the Trump camp, the debate's coming up on the 23rd into this month on Fox. The Fox people have been calling yeah. him. He's noncommittal. <clears throat> Let's just say, hypothetical, if they reached out to you and said, what do you think? Should we have him attend the debate? I'm just curious what Number one, what your advice would be. And number two, what do you think he's going to end up doing? I think if he he should stand on the stage and make his case. Mm. Um, but I also I think he's really making a lot of decisions um, day by day right now. You know, yes. I, and I think he's very capable of that, yeah. um, you know. And but again, I'm not saying he is not the 800 pound gorilla. He is. But um, that as that noose gets tighter and tighter, and I, I, I hate to be cynical, but I mean, you have to be with him, John. He, would he save his own neck and let the party squander at the end? I think he could, you know, mm -hmm. I, and, and I'm not sure that there will not be some, I mean, we, the, it's going to be wild, let's just say that, in 2024 of how all this keeps playing out. You know, he is not, it's, he's not facing nothing. It is not just, you know, oh, paid off, you know, uh, what's her name? The porn star. I mean, this, he's got some stuff that, and John, they do not want him near the White House. The, when you talk oh. about DOJ and, and people yes. can say, oh, they're not, they're all independent acting. Well, you know, so. Well, again, with his attorneys, delay things. Yeah, delay, delay. he becomes president. True. I don't know. And then maybe some of it goes away. I think the big question is whether or not he's going to show up on the debate stage. And I, I don't know because I, I don't think if they were, if the, I, I don't think it's actually worth the risk. Um, let True. the field thin out a little bit. And right now, like why change the dynamic? It's, That's um, true. it's De DeSantis would relish it. Everyone would love it. It would certainly get people to watch. I know certain people, you know, like Chris Christie was saying he can't, resist and he'll be there and he can't resist but <laughs> i i don't i don't know i mean that i'm anxious to see i don't think anyone knows um he certainly has played it well to this point i think you know you and i have been talking about this for months now yeah with the thought that maybe someone would have been able to change the narrative but it may just not happen this time i mean yeah. he, it is like running against an incumbent president and it, if you are, I mean, I know right now there are rumors that the governor of Virginia, Yunkin, may still get in. But I wonder if you're him and he's 56 years old. You say, you know what? I'm going to wait four years and I'll still only be 60. And I'm not, not going to deal yeah. with this hurricane right now. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like, I, I could see Trump's calculation could be like like a rock star. Uh, you know what? Let me hold out. Let let yeah. let the B team have their moment on the right. stage, and then and by the way, I you know like the media I think has taken the bait, so they'll probably report on it like the B team, like oh right. well you know. So I just wonder yeah. finally if 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 he's not there, I mean I I don't know if I have much interest. I mean I will watch it, but I don't think it does big numbers. Um, so if he is there, obviously it becomes a major must see event. 
Yeah. So we'll we'll find out soon enough. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker, Thunder Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. You bet. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all real time live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, Folks, without question, uh, exactly with what happened with President Trump, obviously has dominated, will continue uh, to dominate. Uh, Let's see. This is Lindsey Graham on Fox afterwards. Let's hear it. Yeah, play this forward. How do you run for president uh, in 2024? moving between courthouses in New York City and Washington, D.C., and Florida and Atlanta. He's spending more money on lawyer fees than he is running for office. Uh, January the 6th, I was there. I saw it. He was impeached over it. The American people can decide whether they want him to be president or not. This should be decided at the ballot box, not a bunch of liberal jurisdictions trying to put the man in jail. They're weaponizing the law in this country. They're trying to take Donald Trump down, and this is setting a bad precedent. And what I fear is that you're changing the way the game is played in America, and there's no going back. We're in for a very hard time if this becomes the norm. You know, it's tough to argue with that, Um, and a lot of people have felt that, especially there's talk that there was no reason to indict him in this because he's already been indicted in in a different case. I think... um, I think this is going to make things difficult. It, it certainly blurs the line because everything else, um, they, they, there's no other campaign other than this. I mean, it just, and the fact that Giuliani's dragged in, um, the fact that Mark Meadows is dragged in, I, um, I don't I mean all right I want to play um a little bit of sound as this whole thing broke so this is what it sounded like uh last night uh, Donald Trump on state charges stemming from his efforts to overturn Joe Biden's victory over him in the November 2020 election in Georgia uh this is a historic uh, this is the fourth time Donald Trump has been indicted. Uh, let me bring in uh, Caitlin Collins right now. Uh, Caitlin, uh, I'm not sure if you have the in- indictment unsealed. Is Caitlin, yeah. is Ca- is Caitlin there? We- uh, and tell us uh, what, so who, what is in this indictment? Is it just of Donald Trump or are there other individuals? It's of other individuals. Obviously, it's a 98-page indictment. It's going to take us a minute to read through, but... Seemed over the top, didn't it? As far as the RICO statue, I think that's interesting simply because that was uh, mostly used to take down members of organized crime, drug rings, uh, you know, drug dealers. And then obviously, famously, it was used in the Buddy Cianci case, which was Operation Plutterdome, that essentially said that he was operating Providence City Hall as a criminal enterprise. I believe 
that the people that um, that are with the president, I don't think they're going to break off. I don't know other how this is going to play with independent, undecided voters, and, and especially undecided female voters. So let me play a little bit more uh, the Today Show package regarding the legal element of it. 41 counts, 19 defendants. It is a big piece of business. What are your takeaways? Uh, it's expansive, and all along that this district attorney said she wanted to use racketeering, and she said she wanted to do it because it allows the prosecutor to tell a story. And the story we see here is not just about the infamous phone call to the Secretary of State, but also the intimidation of election workers, false statements filed in court. We didn't know all that was going to be included here, but she's really done a deep dive. We talked about how it overlaps with the federal case, but here, the racketeering charges alone, that carries five to 20 years in prison, and that five years is mandatory. So it's quite serious, it's expansive, but there's obviously going to be a, a long road to trial. Racketeering is one of those words that people, if they associate it at all, they think about organized crime. Yeah. Essentially, what she's arguing here is there's this far-flung conspiracy with 19 defendants, what is it, 30 unindicted co-conspirators, yeah. and it literally sweeps the country. That is an incredibly difficult case to bring to court. It's a sprawling case. And that's why it's so surprising to hear the DA say last night that she was prepared to try it within six months. I think that was more aspirational than realistic, given all of the defendants. More defendants means more time is for delay. Is that even fair? I mean, to, to yeah. a defendant who doesn't have time to prepare. I mean, Trump has said, look, why didn't they bring this right. a year ago? Why are they bringing it now? What's the answer to that? That's, that's the argument I think that they're going to make, and they have strong grounds for it, but it's going be again up to the judge to decide what to do yeah let's talk Kristen, about the yeah. politics of this i mean the playbook now you know for better or for worse the, tr the trump team has it down putting out those statements fiery statements saying this is a political persecution former president trump keeps getting stronger with each new indictment you see his poll numbers go up he said i just need a fourth indictment to secure this nomination but savannah and talking to folks who are familiar with trump world they say actually he's most concerned about this indictment georgia is a critical state he cannot pardon himself because these are state charges and think about what blaine said this is going to be televised likely he will be on camera potentially as a criminal defendant in the middle of a presidential campaign that's politically problematic it's interesting to see how other republicans even republican mm -hmm. rivals react to this and and you know the president President has said this is a, a politically motivated prosecutor. Now we're in the heart of Blue Georgia in, in Fulton County, where this case is filed. On the other hand, the witnesses here are predominantly Republican officials, who many of whom supported Trump in the election. Those are the witnesses against Trump and the other co-defendants. Absolutely, here. and that's part of why this Georgia case is getting under these skin because his skin because these are fellow Republicans who are being called as witnesses. And so it, it raises significant questions. It also puts the idea of January 6th into the spotlight, uh, the potential attempts to overturn the 2020 election, the vote count. The question, I think, becomes, how do his challengers handle this in the debate now about eight days away? And will former President Trump attend? He's not ruling it out, although I still think it's pretty unlikely. So the debate is August 23rd. And in this Georgia case, they're all summoned to court on August, August 25th, 25th. Yes. two days later. Yes. All right, we shall see. Laura, Kristen, thank you. Yeah, I don't know about that. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401 739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches, listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401-739-1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 
1322 Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Well, the primary is fast approaching. As a matter of fact, when we look at the calendar, and this is so important, and this is, in fact, um, the special election now to replace Congressman David Cicilline. So with today being, all right, so this is the week of the 14th. So you have all of this week for the campaign. The next two weeks are going to be finally some televised debates. But the early voting in the mail ballots go out this week, and that will start. And then the election. So this is the final three weeks of the campaign. And then people will go to the polls. Um, well, the 22nd is one week, the 29th, two weeks. And then people are voting three weeks on September 5th. So now it's the Democrat primary right now, unless something changes. The two front runners remain Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos and representative or no excuse me not a representative any longer but aaron regenberg he's the one extreme progressive actually far more left liberal progressive than even matos is who is but he got the endorsement from bernie sanders he has the jane fonder endorsement for whatever that's worth um he is a big defund the police guy he is uh, also the individual he lost to Governor McKee by 1,500 votes in 2018 as far as that Democrat primary. Think about that, 1,500 votes. Governor McKee beat Helena Folks by 3,000 mail ballots. Regenberg lost to McKee by 1,500 votes. 100% was almost the next lieutenant governor. So, But that tells me he has you know real organization to run a campaign for lieutenant governor against a sitting incumbent lieutenant governor dean mckee was the lieutenant governor 2014 2018 when he was running for re-election regenberg challenged him in the primary so there's obviously no love there at all mckee despises him but to fall that close 1500 votes in a democrat primary i mean that that shows me a lot and that was the entire state that he was running lieutenant governor this is just cd1 so i believe he's the front runner unless something drastically changes i don't see anyone beating the guy he knows how to get the votes i would never vote for him i don't support any of his issues this him winning is going to be the equivalent of rhode island sending a socialist uh, a communist really to, to washington he does not believe in just the democrat principles he is even a little farther left than bernie sanders if that's possible but he i would see him regenberg he was active he knows the issues he was very active summer of 2020 with all the defund the police crowd um he lives it breathes it i saw him organize the rally to go um, against the supreme court justices and he brought protesters outside the offices of senator sheldon whitehouse and also senator jack reed as much as he tries to downplay it now so i as someone that follows this he knows how to campaign he knows how to run a campaign he is of means He's educated. Um, what he almost pulled off in 2018, think about that. I mean, that was six years ago now, almost uh, five years ago. But you're that much farther along. You learn a lot by losing a race like that. I, I think he's going to be very, very difficult. Um, he's very popular on the east side. This is someone, again, 
if you're the type, he rides his bike everywhere. He lives it, breathes it. But more importantly, he he knows about campaigning. He knows that's a pretty successful campaign to run for lieutenant governor and come up 1,500 votes short against an incumbent. That's that's that that that's pretty it is i hate to say it but it is that's a pretty impressive um so i can see why they fear him now he is not on anybody's list and he would not be voting in the interest of the people of the state in any way he would immediately be on board to be an attack dog um for all of the progressive causes he would immediately want to be a member of the squad and in progressive circles get himself national attention none of it would help people who work none of it would benefit the people of rhode island but this type of election a special election where you don't need that many votes to win i think he's a tough one to disregard so as a matter of fact until i see something differently i don't see anyone knocking him out um, and in the general election, it's still too much. They don't know what they don't know. It's too much novelty. For the general election candidate, whoever might emerge, they just don't seem to have the type of experience that would be necessary to win a race um, like this. Again, I'd love to be surprised, but folks, I try to deal in reality. The... Um, the signature scandal has really hurt Sabina Matos, and as, as it should, right? I mean, she's lieutenant governor. She shouldn't even be in this race, as a matter of fact. So we have a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Remember to follow The John DePietro Show on YouTube. It's John DePietro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content, video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of The John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room delicious food then they also have a great full bar large dining area and you're going to love the lounge the lodge pub and eatery people rave about their delicious consistent great food and also the great staff i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln Remember to log on to DePetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on to DePetro.com. <laughs>